At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Uh. Check it out now. Uh. No doubt now. Uh. It's the Beating the Book yeah. podcast. Gil Alexander, good morning to you once again during this global pandemic. Hope you're doing well. Hope you and your loved ones are staying safe. Try to put out different kinds of content during the pandemic. Hopefully you've enjoyed some of it, if not most of it, if not all of it. Uh, and one of the subsets of things I've done is try to profile some of the prominent figures throughout the sports betting industry. Alan Boston, Rufus Peabody, Bob Stoll, just to name a few that uh, I've had the pleasure of talking with during this time. Today, similarly... Uh, a gentleman who I have been admiring from afar for a very long time. I think he just does everything right. Comes from a great place. And it's just trying to make better betters out of everyone who tries to get the best of the number in this business and tries to beat the sports betting markets. A real consumer advocate for the sports betting industry, in addition to being a pro better himself. It's Captain Jack Andrews. Hope you enjoy this as much as I did right here on the Beating the Book podcast. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. It is a numbers game right here live at Visa, of course, Sirius XM Channel 204, the Vegas Stats and Information Network, the Sports Betting Network, Gil Alexander, uh, Fubo Game Plus, Sling, however you're taking us in this morning, maybe uh, with video at VEASAN.com and the VEASAN app. Thank you for joining us. Uh, as you know, uh, during this pandemic, I have tried to profile some of the people that I'm most interested in in the sports betting industry to get a sense of how they started, how they became the betters and the men that they are today. Uh, Rufus Peabody has been kind enough to join us on the show uh, in that vein. Bob Stoll, Alan Boston. Uh, and today, one of the people who I probably have admired the most from afar, I may not have said that to him directly before, but it is definitely the case. I just love everything uh, that he does. He's a professional better himself. 
uh, but really a consumer advocate for everybody in the sportsbook industry, just doing good things all around. Uh, first time on the show and an honor to have him. You know him from Twitter as Captain Jack Andrews. Jack, good morning to you, man. How are you? Hey, Gil. It's an honor and a privilege to be here with you. Thank you. Thank you, man. You dressed for us, so we appreciate that as well. I'm not as uh, spiffy as you are this morning. I apologize for that. I put on a collared shirt and took a shower. It's uh, it's a Tuesday. <laughs> Jack, I may not be wearing pants. I have no idea. That's that's a possibility with all these during the pandemic. Uh, let me start at the beginning where I always like to with everybody, which is kind of the logical place to start. Um, where are you from? What was your background? How did you become so interested and so passionate about this industry? Uh, you know, I was born in New Jersey. I've lived here all my life. Um, so, that, you know, that's one strike against me, I guess. Uh, but I started out as a, a card counter in playing blackjack around uh, 1999 or so, I think is when I got into that. And I was doing that for a while, uh, just recreationally. And then I got into Internet casinos and there were numerous ways to beat Internet casinos back in the day. And then that sort of morphed into online sports books back around that time period. That's back when we had uh, Aces Gold and BetOnSports.com and places like that. Uh, you know, Crackman's talked about those quite a bit in the past. Uh, it was all as good as it was, you know, rumored to be. Uh, and I, I did that for a while. And that kind of morphed into other sports books, uh, mostly still online, offshore. And I played them for a while. I got involved. I was I was always a big prop better back in that time, and I I learned the hard way that sports books don't like prop betters. Uh, but I was still you know still profitable with it, and I enjoyed it a whole bunch. Uh, I was still doing a lot of casino AP stuff, uh, AP Advantage Player uh, things, and and you know I, I enjoyed that whole lifestyle. And at one point, I decided you know I can do this full time as my you know primary source of income. I did. And then around 2010, we got word that New Jersey was looking to legalize sports betting. I said, oh, great. I will go headlong into sports betting. I will be ready for this uh, when the, you know, Atlantic City is going to have sports betting. We didn't even really think about online sports betting at that time. And uh, in 2011, the, they passed the law and it was, you know, full steam ahead. And then the lease got involved and it went into court for the next seven years or so. Uh, so in that time, I was ready at any point to, you know, be at the front of the line to make my first sports bet in New Jersey. And it, it took much longer. And during that time, I kind of got involved with learning about the regulation process and the legalization process and what's involved with the court fights. And uh, I guess I, I got that 10,000 hours of experience in the legalization of sports betting. And that's how I've become a de facto expert on it. Uh, I, I don't like to consider myself an expert. I still have to do a lot of research with it to keep up with all the rules and regulations. But that's the path from about 1999 to present day. Yeah, I mean, you certainly are an expert in that. In fact, when you were uh, when you visited the South Point, uh, I want to say about a year ago, don't hold me to that, but some sometime around then. And I sort of asked you, I go, what do you think the subject would be that if when you came on the show that you would talk about that was sort of the go-to thing for you and i was a little surprised by that i was like wow you really are super into that and i want to get into some of the nuts and bolts of uh your thoughts on how we've done post-legalization because i'm curious uh from a macro standpoint how how someone like you would view it uh with a step back 
um, if you could go back even further, like when you were a kid, Jack, do you remember a moment or moments? Maybe it was innate. Maybe it was someone who sort of steered you towards it where you were, where it was like your first taste of gambling. And you're like, Oh, this feels kind of like a fitting, you know, my hand fitting in a glove. I, you know, I got, I got two points for you there, Gil, actually. Uh, when I was young, I used to hear about Atlantic city. We had a, my family had a place at the Jersey shore, uh, about 30 miles South of Atlantic city. And all the commercials would always be for Atlantic city. And I'd get the jingles in my head. And I, I never really understood what Atlantic city was all about. And of course that was the mid eighties. And that was like the, you know, the real boom, boom period of Atlantic city. Anything was, you know, happening there in Atlantic city. And I've always had that mystique about it. And when I turned 18, which is still below the legal gambling age, uh, one of the things my friends and I used to do is we'd go down and we'd hang out in the casinos in Atlantic City, not on the casino floor because you, you know, we usually get busted right. for that. We just hang around in the casino hotels, sit in the lobby, act like we're somebody sitting in the lobby of a big fancy hotel. I, I don't know. It's things you did in the early 90s in New Jersey. I don't know. Uh, but, but here's the second thing, and this is actually uh, more interesting, is as a kid, I was big into computers. I was a bit of a computer nerd. And there used to be this show on the local PBS channel called Computer Chronicles. And Computer Chronicles was, I don't know, it was about a half hour show talking about uh, sports betting, and, or not, sorry, talking about computer issues in general. And one of the episodes they had on this guy who had written a program that could manage the betting lines for Las Vegas casinos. And that person was a fairly young Roxy Roxborough. Uh, he had the mm. reddish hair. And so um, even though I had no real exposure to sports betting at the time, I, I remembered that episode for some reason. And it's actually to the point that, you know, I've, I've actually talked to Roxy about it and said, you know, when I was eight or nine years old, I knew about you, even though I didn't really know what you were doing or who you were. So that was kind of an early influence in some subtle way. Isn't that amazing how, how certain things make an impression on you and you can't really explain it? Have you yet to meet Roxy face-to-face, by the way? Because you guys would get along splendidly. We've never met face-to-face. In fact, I was actually out in Vegas the last time he was on your show, and I didn't realize he was going to be on. And I, if I would have known, I would have come down to the studio and stood there by the window. But um, oh, we've yet to meet <laughs> face-to-face, your hopefully hands soon. Up. Yeah. <laughs> Pressing on the window. Uh, oh, that's yeah. right. I do remember that. You were saying it was, a, it was a near miss. Okay. And then, by the way, on Twitter, uh, you can be followed at CapJack2000 for those who are listening. Uh, one of the great follows in the sports betting industry. Always interesting. Uh, how did you get the name? I guess it's incumbent upon me to ask this. How did you go with Captain Jack Andrews? Because that is not your real name. You are not a captain, as it were. No, no military service, unfortunately. Uh, so I was signing up for a website back in the late 90s. Remember, I was talking about card counting, and there was this website, BJ21. It still exists. And when I signed up, it was the, kind of the de facto um, community for card counters at the time. And they had a brief questionnaire. You had to pick an alias to use on the site. You didn't want to use your real name, obviously. And in 10 seconds of thought, I thought uh, Blackjack, Jack, Captain Jack. At the time, I was a Billy Joel fan. And, uh, you know, I 10 seconds of thought came up with Captain Jack. It's stuck ever since. Uh, and then, of course, people know me by my avatar on Twitter. Uh, and that's actually I, I did a Google search one day of Captain Jack trying to find an avatar. And, of course, we got Captain Jack Sparrow from Pirates of the Caribbean, 
right. you know, we got the Billy Joel song, the Piano Man album. Uh, and I scrolled and scrolled and came across there's this uh, large black rapper from, I think he was originally from Germany, but he was popular in the Caribbean. And his name was Captain Jack, and he wore this military costume and this red hat. And there were a lot of publicity picture, pictures of him from <laughs> the mid-90s. And so uh, I said, oh, this is perfect, you know. <laughs> so that's yeah. what I've always used since then. And um, it's, it's just an inside joke at this point. Yeah, people watching on VEASAN.com and, and the VEASAN app might be startled to see that you do not, in fact, look like the, uh, the avatar uh, photo. So you, you are an advantage player. You have always been one. That is what you strive to be in whatever it is that you bet. So is it, is it to follow then, or am I to then uh, logically go to the next point, which is during this pandemic, when it's Belarusian soccer and soccer in Nicaragua and table tennis and that sort of thing, esports, sims uh, on Madden, that you are not betting any of the above? Is there something you found to bet, or what's your day-to-day life these days? Yeah, Gil, that's that's right. Uh, there's really nothing to be had at this point. Uh, I don't, you know, even if I did the research to look into Belarusian soccer and ping pong and all that, the betting limits aren't high enough right now for me. It, it wouldn't be worth the time to do the research to bet, you know, two hundred, three hundred dollar limits on these sports. So, uh, yeah, I've just been, uh, you know, not doing sports betting for a while, and the first week was really hard. Uh, you know, there was, a, there was a little bit of withdrawal symptoms going on here. But since then, it's, you know, eased into it. And uh, I've kind of enjoyed not having to wake up and, you know, rush to the computer and look at the lines every day. Uh, it's, it's been a little bit of a release. Me too. I, I chose to view it as sort of like a, a good thing here. The universe sort of helped us out in, in whatever way it decided it would. I, I, I choose to view it that way as well. So the NFL draft, nothing either? Or did you dabble there? I actually did bet the NFL draft for the first time in years, probably in ever. Uh, I'm usually betting baseball at that time in late April, uh, or I'm wrapping up my NBA season. So I've never really paid much attention to the draft. However, this year I did at the end of March. uh, I decided to just do some line shopping. I decided to just look around, see uh, what I knew the sharp books on props. And I kind of played against their lines and found some weak lines and, and actually, I, I'll have to admit, I stepped in a trap that you warned people about, uh, the Clavon Chason trap. Um, I bet mm-hmm. total linebackers in the first round under four and a half. There were four pure linebackers taken, and then Chason was taken by the Jaguars, and he is a edge rusher. Uh, in a yes. 4-3 defense, he's a lineman. In a 3-4 defense, he's a linebacker. One book graded it as a win, saying, oh, he's a it. lineman. And one book mm-hmm. rated it as a loss, saying he's a linebacker. And uh, that book won't seem to change their mind. We've gone back and forth and, you know. So predictable, Jack. So predictable. You just knew that was going to be a, a road bump for somebody. I'm sorry that uh, it, it happened to you. Uh, so, listen, what you're doing now and for, you know, cutting to today, um, you are doing a YouTube series. And it is really about make. If I could just put one big sentence on it, on one umbrella, it is about making people better betters. E R O R, um, sports betting education, if you will. And before we get even, before we even get into the topics and some of the things you're doing, I just want to, I just want to commend you because over the years, and I've done a podcast now for almost a decade, 
And when people asked over the years, now everybody has a podcast, but back in the day, there were very few. And when people would ask, you know, what is it if you, I, I'm doing a podcast, like any, any notes of advice uh, that you give? And the very, you know, I would only give two bits of advice because I was like, I, listen, I don't know anything. You could be the greatest podcaster who's ever been. But the two things that I think I do know are you want to get the technology right. You want to make sure it sounds good. Um, before anything, because you will lose more than 50% of your people right off the top if it doesn't sound good. And the other thing is you have to prepare to be good because if you're good, people are going to want and expect you to put out content on a regular basis. And it sort of takes over your life. May I just say that what you are doing on YouTube, sir, is I, and I'm, and you may object to this, but I'm going to make it, I'm going to do something with hyperbole here, perhaps. I think it is the best innovation, at least in our little corner of the world, that there's ever been. You are doing a spectacular job with the technology. You have figured out how to take phone calls. How long did that whole process take for you? Like how long before you were ready to actually put something out there? Well, thank you, Gil. That is high praise from you. I really appreciate that. Uh, I actually have had this idea for about a year and a half, probably since late 2018, been working at this, been trying to find a way to make it work. And it was really paralysis by analysis for me because I would, I'd make these videos and I just wouldn't want to put the content out there. I'd, I'd nitpick little things and it just wasn't, wasn't up to my standard. And then the pandemic hit and I had more time on my hands. And people started talking about this Zoom product, right? And you, you started hearing all these things about Zoom. And I, I said, oh, you know, I've used Zoom a little bit. Let me look into that. And I said, oh, look, there's the ability to create a webinar. Uh, you know, I could do a webinar where people could just attend live, and that would get me over my paralysis. I would just basically go live and turn on the camera and talk and maybe do a PowerPoint presentation on the side of it. So that was kind of the genesis of it, of this kind of iteration of what I'm doing. And it worked. And that kind of got me over that stage fright in terms of the pre-recorded videos as well. So I put out one pre-recorded video. I got another one coming out later this week. And they're very time intensive. I, you know, I, I said the, the first one I did, it took me 40 hours of actual labor to create that video, a 17-minute video. And, you know, wow. that's not sustainable if you're a professional sports better doing 40 hours of anything else <laughs> is not sustainable. Well, so Yeah, and I, it, and I imagine when sports comes back, it may, it may change how often you put these out. I want to get into, got to take a break here. I apologize. I want to get into some of the topics that you've covered uh, from something as simple as five ways you can trim the house edge, which might not be simple to others, to modeling. Coming back with Captain Jack right here on a numbers game with Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. A numbers game here at VEASAN, proudly brought to you by Manscaped.com. Manscaped.com has the tools for your family jewels. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code VEASAN at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off at Manscaped.com with promo code VSIN. It's Gil Alexander, live in San Francisco. Captain Jack Andrews, kind enough to join us uh, for the hour and, and maybe beyond, in fact, uh, from somewhere at an undisclosed location in, uh, in New Jersey. Uh, Jack, I want to point out, and by the way, for those who don't know, you can follow Jack on Twitter at CapJack2000, uh, pro better, consumer advocate for the sportsbook industry. This is a quote. May I quote something from this uh, piece that was done about you at US Bet, I believe it was, uh, written mm -hmm. by Eric Raskin. 
Uh, and I think this is a, by the way, he did a wonderful job with this piece about you. Uh, but here's a quote from you, which I think sort of covers it all, the, the sort of place that you're coming from with all this. Quote, we need to flatten the curve when it comes to sports betting losses. If we make consumers' dollars last longer, we can have a more sustainable sports betting industry, one where sports books don't have to fear sharp money as much because liquidity won't dry up, unquote. Uh, explain that to someone who might have landed on this more of a novice better, and it's going to say, what does he mean by that? Well, right now, we have a situation where sports books are just trying to acquire customers in mass as much as they can. Marketing spend is through the roof when with a lot of these new sports books. And as a result, they're getting these, these sports bettors in the door that are, are fresh into sports betting or, or they just have a recreational slant to it. And they're being encouraged to make bad bets. Uh, you know, you always see on Twitter a sports book promote like, hey, this guy just hit a 19 parlay. Well, you know what? The odds of hitting a 19 parlay are minuscule. The, the compound house edge that you're playing into when you're betting a high team parlay like that is massive. It, it's a bad bet. And when you encourage people to make these bad bets, basically what you're doing is you're accelerating their loss because the natural progression of any better is you're going to chase your losses. So if you make a five-team parlay and it loses, the next time you're going to try to make a seven-team parlay to make up the difference, and then a nine-team parlay, and you, know, you can see how it would go. So we're all very familiar with these curves lately, unfortunately. And actually, it has a good analogy to sports betting because a lot of sports bettors are coming into sports betting, and they're in basically a really sharp curve, as if we had never done any of this social distancing. We all saw what that curve looked like. Well, that's what a lot of these sports bettors are in right now when they come into sports betting. They just lose their money fast, they flash out, and they're probably done until maybe next NFL season or uh, maybe they're done forever. Maybe they just sour to the whole concept of sports betting. But if we would let them sustain their money a little longer, in other words, you know, we all know sports betting is not easy to win at. And I'm not saying that I can create winners, but I am saying I can help you lose your money slower and make it last longer and hopefully increase your uh, entertainment value of your sports betting as a hobby, as a recreation, as a side hustle, and make it last longer to the point where you can uh, replenish your sports betting bankroll organically. And uh, the sports books would benefit from that because there'd be more sports bettors around, people engaged longer, people enjoying it more. And there would be, it'd be better for the sharps because now our action kind of hides a little bit more inside this massive liquidity uh, that we have with sports betting. And it'll be better for the states because they're having a more sustainable product that would have higher liquidity, which means higher tax dollars because of increased turnover. Uh, there might be even less problem gambling in this way because people wouldn't feel so uh, manic about how they, their results have been in sports betting. And, of course, it benefits the operators because now there's just uh, you know more engaged people into their product. So you see, it, 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 it's the tide that lifts all boats. Uh, it's just a, the fight is to try to get everyone to realize that and, and come together and, and work together to create that. And, and how tough is that, Jack? We only have uh, sort of like 45 seconds here for a response. But you make the point that sports books themselves should want that as well. Is it realistic to think that that won't trump greed for some of these shops? It, you know, that Gil, that's the exact point. Uh, a lot of these sports books believe there is no end to the, to the square money that is in sports betting. And they may be right. 
Uh, I'd like to believe in a world where that's not correct and where, you know, they want to sustain the people, but it's, it's going to be tough to tell. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to believe in the, in that, uh, worldview as well on it. Um, and obviously some shops do these, you know, some shops have a totally different business model than others. Um, you know, we've, we've mentioned them on this show many times, which are the business models that, uh, we're probably talking about right now. No need to uh, sort of rehash that. Um, but it's fascinating. We'll get back into some of the uh, content that you're putting out on YouTube right now uh, and get into your thoughts about the industry itself. As you step back, as someone who knows it better than almost anybody, how have we done? Coming back with Captain Jack Andrews right here on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. It is a numbers game right here at VEASAN, brought to you by Quick Picks. Quick Picks introducing a new betting game featuring all-time greats from the NFL. If you're looking for action during the shutdown, how about Quick Picks Virtual? Can I interest you in some of that? Matches superstars from then to now using historical stats to determine winners. Who was the better player in their prime? For instance, Aaron or Peyton, Julio or DeAndre, Zeke or AP? Uh... So many combinations. Now with Quick Picks Virtual, you can play these matchups. It takes less than a minute to create your ticket, spend as little as 10 cents, win as much as $50,000. And for a limited time, VEASAN customers get this special offer. Get a dollar-for-dollar match up to $100 when you sign up for a new Quick Picks account. Go to quickpicks.com slash bonus. Do it now. The offer will expire soon. Got to be 21 and a resident, of course, where Quick Picks is offered. Once again, it's quickpicks.com slash bonus. Start playing Quick Picks virtual now. It's Gil Alexander. It is Captain Jack Andrews joining us this morning uh, to talk about just his evolution, how he became the guy and the better that he became. Um, Jack, let's talk about sports betting media or content that is available out there. Uh, whether ESPN, whether VEASAN, whether other outlets who uh, really uh, are immersed in sports betting, um, what was the the niche that you were trying to fill? In other words, what, what was out there where you're like, well, I kind of like that. I kind of don't like that. This is what I'm really passionate about doing. Yeah, there was when I would search for sports betting content and, you know, I'm one of these guys that I'll, I'll eat up anything that's out there. I'll read anything. I'll, I'll watch anything just to see if I can find that one little nugget of information in there that I didn't know before. And I would search YouTube and the content was, ugh, it was, you know, there was a lot of touts out there trying to sell you picks. And a lot of the content wasn't, wasn't evergreen. It was, it was people that were making, uh, you know, picks or, or analysis of, of games gone by that, you know, you, you didn't want to watch again because it was irrelevant. Uh, and then there was some, there was some decent uh, modeling content or, how to use this and that, but it was all a little bit stale. It was a little bit slow, dry, monotone. Uh, you know, you, the camera's pointed up the guy's nose and you see the ceiling in the background. It's just, <laughs> Excellent. it's not good video. So yeah. I said, I can do better than this. Uh, even if my content isn't smarter than this, I can at least make it more entertaining, more engaging for the viewer. And that's what I kind of set out to do. And, and it's still an evolutionary goal here. Uh, you know, it's not to the point that I exactly want to have it yet, but it, you know, we're, we're on that path. Uh, let me just commend you because again, some of the topics that I, of the videos that I have not seen yet, uh, five ways you can trim the house edge shop lines, avoid parlays and futures. Don't pay for picks. Don't chase find promos. Uh, you did one on the five hacks to make sports betting easier. 
You talked about the ones you did about modeling, which is pretty in the weeds stuff, but I think has a real, real lure for a lot of people who are trying to do this uh, in the right way, or not in the right way, maybe, maybe that's a loaded phrase. Maybe just from that perspective, they've decided that's how they want to approach sports betting. Maybe you and I would argue that's the right way, but others might, might uh, differ on that. The one that I did get a chance to watch in its entirety uh, is the is the webcast you did via Zoom with Rufus Peabody and Spanky, who are two very prominent bettors. They approach betting in very different ways. Uh, Rufus comes from an origination standpoint, handicapping. Uh, Spanky is a market guy who looks for inefficiencies in the market and is really, really tapped in, and that's an understatement, has a network where he is really expert in that approach to uh, winning at sports betting in a way that mere mortals would take years to get to. Um, but they're fascinating guys. And, and I just want to say, not only were they super honest as, as they tend to be when they're on uh, any sort of uh, sports betting vehicle, but the way you did it, where you took phone calls, you took, you took calls, uh, you read some questions, and you logged it, which is not an innovative thing because some people do it with podcasts too. But so there was something about the, the platform of YouTube that when you did it that way, I was constantly engaged with it. But I could not commend you and those two guys more for that 90 minutes. I know you wanted to wrap it up at the 90-minute mark. I could have listened for another 90 minutes. Yeah, well, uh, there was a bathroom break that was needed by one of the participants, and that was, <laughs> that was largely why that ended at the 90-minute mark. <laughs> Uh, but you know, Gil, that, that was great. That was amazing to do. Uh, I'm lucky enough to call both of those guys friends. And uh, there's, there's a real synergy when the three of us get together and, and talk. And I think it was great for people to see that. And, uh, you know, they both did such a great job of describing their process because they do the same thing, but they do it vastly different. And that's something that hasn't really been explored in terms of looking into sports betters. So it was, it was great to kind of have them together. My only regret is that I set the bar way too high for the next time I try to do something like that. <laughs> How do you top those two? It's it's going to be it. tough. You fixed. That's right. You fixed yourself. Do you do you ever have this thought when you're doing something that good? Because I struggle with it on a daily basis, right? I have a platform, and and I'm lucky enough to have a platform to do a show on sports betting five times a week. I am keenly aware of that sometimes, and this is a truism. Maybe it's it goes beyond sports betting into other areas of life. Sometimes the smarter it is that you of the of the content that you do, the smarter it gets. Sometimes winnows down the audience, and so if my goal on the show is to cast the widest net, there are choices I have to make. Right, my constitution may want to do the smartest thing every day, but it may not cast the widest net and may not be appreciated. Do you ever have that in the same way? Do you ever have that thought when you're doing stuff? Or do you not care? Oh, I, You're I, like, nope, this is just me. Absolutely. Uh, you know, my my webcast that has garnered the least amount of views is one where I did the state of the states, where I went through all the states that have legalized sports betting. It's something I'm interested in. It's it's right in my wheelhouse. Uh, but not everybody's cup of tea. Uh, whereas something where I'm giving just five tips to trim the house edge has a greater impact on a wider audience and is is more alluring but it's also you know something that is kind of not the the cutting edge content that i want to be doing 
Uh, case in point, this week my webcast is going to be tax and retirement strategies for gamblers. Oh, I know that's oh, man. <laughs> I know that's not going to be a great audience. But the thing is, I, I want to put out this pre-recorded video, this this second in my series of making a modeler. And I know I need a little bit more time to focus on that this week. So I'm kind of doing another thing that's going to come as second nature to me. It's not going to be as large an audience. It's still going to be informative. I can guarantee you it's going to be informative. But uh, I needed to kind of balance things out this week. And so I decided to do this um, tax and retirement <laughs> webcast. But you, know, but you know what, Jack? I will, I will listen to it. I'm going to listen to all of them because you have about eight total here. Um, one of which is pre-recorded, the others that are that are webinars. I will listen to that topic because it has not been covered anywhere else, and they're so evergreen, and they will live in perpetuity. Uh, and so that's what's so great about them. We'll come back more with Captain Jack Andrews next on A Numbers Game at Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Now's the time to become a VSIN Plus subscriber. It is free. You won't have to decide what you want to do, pay or cancel, until at least one of the major sports returns. Just go to VSIN.com slash subscribe to sign up. That is VSIN.com slash subscribe. Gil Alexander in San Francisco. Captain Jack Andrews uh, in New Jersey. So, Jack, when this is uh, passed, the pandemic has gone to the other side. Sports books are reopened and, you know, normalcy in some form, you know, approaches. What is it that you are most looking forward to betting on? What's the sport that you believe you have the edge in that you're like, oh, if I could just pick one, it would be this one? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I would, you know, I'd have to say I miss baseball, even though I had come into the 2020 season swearing myself that I was going to bet baseball far less this year than in past years. <laughs> I, right. I kind of miss it at this point. I just, I just really miss the the pace of the action. Baseball is one of those sports where you can bet just about every game and you can keep up with every game at the same time. And so there's something alluring about betting baseball that I miss, um, at least certain parts of betting baseball. You think we're getting it back? I am so skeptical, man. I don't know, Gil. It's, it's almost depressing to think about. Uh, I saw a story today that the NFL is saying that they may start postponed by a couple of weeks at best. Ooh. So that, that really puts a damper on things. Um, it's, it's almost not worth speculating at this point, but I'm, I'm really hopeful yeah. we get something this summer. I agree. I I'm, I'm out of the speculation game. Cause I, you know, I've said from the beginning, as I know you have, you had your line in the sand that you drew. My thing is I'm forgetting about all these other sports until football. I think college is delayed. I think NFL is our shot at getting in on time. We, we, we shall see. Uh, one of the topics you talked about with Rufus Spanky, which, you know, is close to those of us who are in Las Vegas under normal circumstances, is the impact that circus sports has made on the industry. And you guys banded about, I think, what was an interesting take on it, which, and, and I don't know that we discuss it enough on VEASAN because perhaps we're too close to the sun on it because those guys are our friends, Derek Stevens, uh, Mike Palm, Matt Metcalf, and everybody who does such a great job at Circa. They have been such a breath of fresh air from a philosophical standpoint, their, their approach to wanting to cater to sharp betters, to their contests, which are innovative and are being copied by others. Not to mention, of course, that they're going to try to build this Shangri-La a uh, new sports book at Circa beyond what they have now at Golden Gate and the D. But, um, you know, one of the worries, which we don't usually talk about out loud, but you guys did, which I think is a real valid one, is 
can that be a sustainable business model? What say you about that? Yeah, Circa is great. Uh, you know, I I know they're working to try to come into New Jersey. I I told them I will stand at the bridges and the tunnels and pay their tolls for them as they as they come into town. Um, but it, yeah, you know this 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 low margin, high volume model that they want to do, which I think we've all kind of referred to it always as the pinnacle model, is yep. is going to be tough to do in a in a world where marketing spend is kind of ruling what people are using to as their barometer as to a, a book success. You know, we've, we've seen that in New Jersey is it was just a big marketing free for all. Nobody's thinking about profits. They're thinking about uh, getting the biggest customer base that they can. And, you know, Gil, honestly, the reason these co- companies want to get a big customer base is because it makes them more attractive for mergers and acquisitions. That's kind of scary as a sports better is we have a lot of options here in New Jersey, but a lot of them are actually looking at a short game, not a long game. They're looking to build up valuation so that they can sell themselves off to somebody else at a premium and and take their their golden parachute. Um, so, you know, when you see a company that comes in like Circa, who they have a long game vision, they want to make themselves as the market maker for the U.S. legal sports betting market, and they're doing a fantastic job of that in Nevada. They're going to do a great job in Colorado and any other state they go to. Uh, it's, it's actually up to us, the sports better, to, to really support things like that because this is the sort of company we want to help propagate and to have other companies come in and say, oh, that's the model we need to do because that's going to make it all better for, for everyone, whether it be the recreational better who, like I said, is going to lose slower or the sharp better who's going to have more outs to ply their action. Uh, and it, it makes it even better for the states to encourage action like that because it makes a more sustainable injury, uh, industry for the, their state as well. Isn't that what's so interesting about this uh, little corner of the world we've chosen? And, you know, it's one thing from the betting side of it. If you're if you're a really sharp better, part of your, you know, day to day calculus is, well, I could crush this one book but I want them to exist as long as possible and extract money over time. One day it may end, but you know, part of it, it's like a game within a game there. And you're referring to sort of in the opposite direction now, or not opposite direction, but just in a different way of, you know, doing that with a, with a model and people in Circa that we know is so great for the business. And it is incumbent upon us to make that last or do everything we can to make it last as long as possible. Those kinds of decisions are made by sharp bettors every day, and I'm not sure the casual better is necessarily aware that that happens. Absolutely. You know, I can think of a lot of operators that I've taken it easy on in the past and other ones that I probably have gone a little too aggressive with that I should have taken it easy with. It's You're right. It's a cat and mouse game. It's also, uh, there's I'm reminded like the Nash Equilibrium you know, there's an equilibrium when it comes to sports betting. Uh, there's an optimal way to approach this. And sports bettors everywhere, sharp or recreational, always have to be thinking about that that equilibrium, as do the operators as well. Captain Jack Andrews with us on a numbers game at VEASAN. Uh, kind enough to hang out with us today at CapJack2000. You can find his uh, YouTube channel. I'm sure you link it out on your Twitter a lot. Is that correct? Yes, uh, it's linked on my profile there in Twitter. Unfortunately, YouTube Perfect. doesn't let me have like Capjack 2000. Uh, so it's, it's just a <laughs> yes. long string of characters. So you're better off just finding that link. So 
So go to the Twitter, get the link. You you alluded to this on your webcast with Spanky and with Rufus Peabody. I'm not sure if you elaborated on it, though, uh, that you expect more consolidation in this business. Did you mean in legalized jurisdictions? Did you mean offshore? What did you mean by that? Probably both, Gil. Uh, in you know, I was actually saying back before this pandemic that April 2020 was going to be the start of the contraction and consolidation in New Jersey. Uh, I think there's some some books that probably are going to say, okay, we got our stamp of approval in New Jersey. That'll be good for other states. We can pull out of New Jersey now, and you know, this is just too competitive of a market for us. We don't have the marketing spend that other books have. So I thought we were going to see some consolidation. Now, with the pandemic, that may be pushed back. I think we'll still see it. In fact, we might see it in a more accelerated way. Uh, but you know, offshore as well, you know, and the pandemic kind of forced that hand, is I think we're going to see some offshore books that are going to say it's not worth us trying to compete anymore. Uh, the nice thing about offshore books is there's this kind of this etiquette of how consolidation happens in, for the most part. Uh, you sell yourself off to another book, and they take over the liabilities. And hopefully that continues to be the case offshore so that people aren't stuck with, you know, lost balances. And, and hey, I'm not saying there's any one major book or anything. I'm not naming names that are going to go under soon. I don't have any of that information, so I don't want to cause any kind of panic. But I do think that there's consolidation coming offshore as well as in uh, some of the legal states that have been around for a year, uh, such as New Jersey. So as far as legalization and now post-legalization, as maybe maybe a pandemic is the right time to take a step back and sort of assess, no one is more into the weeds of how each and every state uh, that has legalized sports betting in the different ways that they have and all the different rules that um, they've decided to, to choose state by state. No one is more into it than you are. How has legalization gone then? Like when we when we take a step back, Obviously, some states do it better than others. Are you, you know, are you thrilled? Are you okay, satisfied? Are you disappointed? Are you terribly disappointed? Like, what's the what's the broad stroke on this? Uh, you had Roxy on back in the beginning of March, and he said something to the effect of, uh, "It's a good thing we let New Jersey go first because they had taken the most time and preparation into this. They had about seven years to prepare for this." Uh, so it's a good thing we let them go first because they can set the example. The downside is other states didn't follow that example. So whereas in New Jersey, we do have a very rich competitive industry, and I think it's good for all parties involved that there is open competition basically in New Jersey. Uh, we haven't seen that in some other states, and that's really disappointing because, you know, if you're a sports better, you need outs, you need competition, you need at least a little bit of uh, you know, play to uh, shop lines with. There are guys that are, you know, existing in states where you have just one vendor, and that's just really not fair. And even if that vendor is the nicest, most benevolent vendor there is, there's still only one choice for the consumer, and and that's just unfortunate. Uh, you know, we've we have in in Colorado, uh, starting in uh, later this week, actually May first, there's going to be 17 sports betting apps on day one. Uh, or at least wow. within the first month. That's amazing. Wow. That's great. That's more that than Nevada incredible. has. Yeah. So, it, you know, there is hope. So there is states like Colorado that seem to be getting it right. They're going to have mobile registration. They're going to have mobile depositing and withdrawals. Uh, it's, it's going to be a great state. And the best part about Colorado is you have the Nevada 
uh, operators that are coming into the state, and then you have the European operators that are coming into the state. And so that's going to be the real battleground. We're going to see kind of which model works. Uh, I have a feeling the European marketing departments will outspend the Nevada-based marketing departments, which might unlevel the playing field a little bit. But we're going to see what the consumer decides to choose when they have when they're given this option between the European model and the uh, Nevada model. And real quick, Jack, because uh, we only have a few seconds. DC among the worst? Would you say DC is the worst of the of the bunch? Oh, Gil, it's so bad. It's, it's so bad. It's so bad. Man. You know, one yeah. day maybe when you're back in DC, I'll, I'll come down and we can commiserate together over what's going on yeah. in that state, in that <laughs> district. So. So bad. Uh, we'll get into uh, Jack's thoughts on the tout industry and what he's trying to do about it. Coming back, Jack Andrews, Captain Jack, on a numbers game at Visa the Sports Betting Network. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Hour number two of a numbers game right here at Visa. Vegas Stats and Information Network, Series XM Channel 204, Visa.com, the Visa app, Boobo League Game Plus. It is Gil Alexander, live from San Francisco. Michael Lombardi still to join us. A little more, though, with Captain Jack Andrews, who has uh, been kind enough to hang out with us this morning. Um, this is from Thought Criminal. We get tweets. Thought Criminal on Twitter. Fascinating guest today. I can't wait to listen to his stuff. Captain Jack may just be the easiest to understand and follow of all your professional gambler guests. I love his story. Great job, Gil. Well, thank you for that. Really great job to Jack. And I should have probably led with something Thought Criminal said there, which is it's not just that you've managed to get the technology right. It's not just that you've managed Jack to do things, I, I think, innovatively, and that you come from this great place where you try to make better betters uh, out of everybody. It's that you are, and I strive for this every day, you speak and, and in a very linear fashion and logically, and melding really good, knowledgeable gamblers with the ability to sort of articulate and pass along information is not a huge subset of humanity. You have done it as well as anybody, sir. I'm a simple man, Gil, and I guess I just think simply. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, but you know, you're being modest, but you know what I'm talking about. Like, listen, gamblers are fascinating people. And when I say fascinating, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They are eccentric, um, maybe spectrumish, if I may even get there in many cases, um, or just, you know, whatever. But the ability to sort of be both things. It, it, look, it, this is not the easiest information to convey if you're trying to do it in the right way. And again, you, you do a spectacular job of it. So please take a bow for God's sakes. It's don't have to be modest on it. Thank you, Gil. And you know what? While we're, we're having this little love fest here, I believe your show is also key for any developing sports better, aspiring sports better. You basically teach people more than any other show on this network uh, how to become a better better. And I think you should be it as well. So uh, right back at you, sir. Well, for God's sakes, I didn't expect that to come, but thank you. I, I appreciate that very much. If I asked you, Jack, what is the biggest thing? And this is, I didn't prepare you for this question, but it's sort of a, a macro question that I'm sure you've gotten. And you did a, one of the webcasts you did on uh, five ways you can trim the house edge. And I mentioned uh, you listed them, shop lines, avoid parlays and futures, don't pay for picks, don't chase, find promos. 
But what's the one thing, even when you dispense that advice, what's the one thing where you're like, man, they keep making this mistake over and over again. And no matter how many times I say it, it keeps happening. That, you know, that's a tough question, Gil, because there are many mistakes that keep being made by betters and the kind of the industry in general. I would have to say that the parlays and futures, people just don't understand the math behind parlays. It's, it's compound interest, people. It is basically uh, the same reason why, you know, you want to invest in something is because the interest compounds over time. Well, as you add an extra leg to a parlay, and we're assuming that you do not have an advantage when you're making these individual bets into this parlay, as you add extra legs into a parlay, you're compounding the VIG that's involved. So, you know, your standard uh, three-team parlay, which pays six to one, uh, the true odds of that are seven to one, and that's a 12.5% house edge. So while we all get up in arms whenever we see a company come in and try to do minus 115 VIG into uh, what should be minus 110 lines, we all get up in arms about that, but at the same time, we're still betting into these three-team parlays that have a much Oop, I think we might have lost Jack right there. Jack, we have you back? Okay. Uh, Yeah. There you go. Jack, apparently. I'm not sure how uh, much of that I got in. We got we got a lot of it in uh, about about compounding uh, with parlays, and and I'll let you finish your thought here. Um, What I thought you were going to go to was just a guess. I thought you were going to go to the chase because it involves human uh, human instincts. Uh, It it's. uh, it's Gil Alexander. It's Captain Jack Anders. It is a numbers game right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Please continue your thought about the parlay, though. You were most of the way through that, I believe. Yeah. So uh, I, you know, I'm not sure where I dropped off there. Sorry, I got multiple kids at home that are doing uh, homeschooling. So sometimes the internet gets a little laggy during the the school day. Uh, but right no, the point being is, you you compound the interest when it comes to betting parlays, and basically it's almost double. Uh, the things you complain about. So you complain about minus 115 lines when it should be minus 110. But at the same time, you're betting a three-team parlay at plus 600 when it should be plus 700. And that's a double-digit VIG that you're betting into at that point. But you know what, Gil, your point about chasing uh, bets is something that's highly applicable to any better. Uh, Even sharp bettors run into that sometimes as well. Well, I'll tell you why that leaps to mind for me. Because, and, and again, I think this is, such a, a a great point that needs to be made can't, can't be made enough, which is there are many ways to skin the cat in being a professional sports better. It is very difficult to skin the cat no matter how you choose it. So we just talked about uh, Rufus being an originator, Spanky, who is all about the market and having just a network of outs. Then there's my buddy E, who I refer to on this show all the time. Uh, he is one of the two or three most successful sports bettors I know. He is neither an originator nor a guy that looks for the best price on a constant basis, even though, of course, he, like everybody, strives for that. He is about um, doing things his own way. He watches a tremendous amount of sports. He has found different angles in sports betting to exploit. I'll leave it at that and just is successful in his own way. But he will admit that as successful as he is, he cannot overcome the occasional chase. And so, listen, no matter the successful better, 
negative variants will happen. Um, people will go on losing streaks and the ability, we've talked about this many times before, the ability to stomach that and to overcome that and recognize just like, uh, if you go back to the MIT blackjack story, just like they would have bad stretches and realize, nope, what we're doing gives us the statistical advantage, gives us the house edge or, or at least transfers the house edge to us, uh, when we're counting cards and, and exploiting it the way we are a successful sports better realizes or should realize that those, those stretches are going to happen. But even he says, you know, as much as he can rationalize it in his brain, our human brains are just the way we're wired. It's like, even though we know that rationally, we still can't help ourselves. Even the most successful ones can't. So for me, that's always the answer, but I'm, I'm always, I'm, I'm curious because that, that to me speaks to a human instinct like it's so deep in our wiring that we can't control that in a way that maybe some of the others we'd have a better shot at controlling but maybe i'm wrong no i i totally agree with that gil and uh you know i've seen that from questions i get during these webcasts a lot of people are like you know how do i handle it if i lose five games in a row do i bet more on the sixth game you know they so it's it's definitely learning how to win is paramount but learning how to lose is just as important for a lot of betters. All right. So we mentioned in one of those uh, five ways you could trim the house edge in your specific uh, YouTube series webcast about that topic. Uh, don't pay for picks. And that's something that, uh, you know, look, this industry has been rightfully, uh, you know, criticized for. And, you know, the, the tout industry has been largely, with some exception, right, with a few exceptions, um, has largely been a seedy side of this industry. You are actually, along with Rufus Peabody, your buddy and my buddy, uh, you are doing something about it or at least have plans to do something about it. Right. So uh, we realized that, Rufus and I realized together, that we had a common vision when it came to uh, the future of the sports betting industry. And we said the consumer needs a voice. So when we see sports being legalized, in all of these states, there's, there's always these uh, legislative hearings, right? And they, they hear from the operators and they hear from the anti-gambling people and they hear from, uh, you know, the sports leagues, but they never hear from the consumer. And the consumer needs a voice in all of this. So, uh, you know, Rufus has had some uh, dealings that we've, we've all heard about with, uh, you know, a contest where he kind of got the short end of the stick. And, uh, you know, that motivated him to want to put together a organization. So back in uh, November or so, we decided we'd uh, register the domain name of AmericanBettersCoalition.org. Uh, we're on Twitter at uh, AmericanBetter. And basically, we want to be this consumer organization to represent the consumer, as well as train the consumer, educate the consumer uh, when it comes to not only things like buying picks, but also uh, when your state is thinking of legalizing sports betting, we'll read through the regulations and we'll let you know what the regulations say, because a lot of these regulations, some of the, the states are coming up with, they're not the best, Gil. I mean, they, they have some some weird angles to them. Uh, you know, we, the example being Tennessee, where they mandated a, a hold percentage for the, for the sports betting industry, meaning the sports betting industry had to reach a mandatory hold uh, that it was inorganic. It was not what would basically come about from regular sports betting. So we go through all these things and, you know, we're still a, a work in progress. This pandemic has unfortunately kind of slowed the progress. We 
We have plans to be a nonprofit organization. Uh, we plan to, you know, represent the consumer in in everything in sports betting. Uh, unfortunately, we've had to take our foot off the gas pedal right now. But uh, I, I think we're going to have some information out in the coming weeks here to let consumers know we're, we're still here. We still plan to do this. It's just the timetable has, unfortunately, stretched out a lot further. Understood. By the way, I may step in it right here, and I failed to ask this of Rufus when he was on. Uh, did that draft Kings sports betting championship thing ever get resolved for him? Or are we not allowed to talk about that? I don't believe it has been resolved. Okay. Well said, Jack. Well said. Uh, all right. So baseball, you missed the most. Aren't you a basketball? Don't you, isn't basketball above the rest of it for you though? Aren't you that primarily? Yeah. NBA is where I've had, probably had my best success over the past six, seven, eight years. Uh, you know, the funny thing is, is I got started with NBA betting on props back way back when. And I found one day I found a sports book offshore that was offering, um, props on fast bake, fast break points and points in the paint, which is a kind of a, you know, an obscure stat, but you can see it in the box score. So I, I built a quick model about fast break points and points in the paint because they, they seem to be very, um, you know, you, you can model those because not all teams run a high tempo offense. Not all teams have a big man down low that gets a lot of points in the paint. And I done, I did fantastically well at that. And that kind of launched into my NBA betting. And so uh, I've, yeah, I've focused on NBA totals for the past, uh, you know, seven or eight years. It's gone very well for me. Uh, I think I have some metrics and, and angles, variables that aren't being taken into account with the standard betting line. And as a result, I, you know, I, I've been able to maintain my edge. The market hasn't been too efficient on me yet. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely miss the NBA being here. Um, but, you know, we were far enough, farther enough into the season, March 11th, that I was sort of getting to the point where I was like, OK, I'm getting ready for this season to end and you know, move on to the next thing. So I'm not quite missing the NBA betting as quite as much as I'm missing getting into that baseball betting. Is there a sport, Jack, or a uh, a betting vehicle, let's say, that you were super excited to uh, exploit or bet and it just didn't work out your way and it continues to flummox you? Is there, is there a sport that is just more difficult for you than others? Oh, you, you name it. I mean, I, you know, look, any sports better who does a lot of betting knows that you, you go down a lot of paths and you fail. And trust me, I've failed oh, yeah. at many things. I've built many models that have gone nowhere. Uh, I've, I've taken tens of hundreds of hours developing uh, data sets and finding, trying to find correlation when there's just no correlation there that would uh, make for a quantitative betting model. Uh, so it, my failures are too many to mention, Gil. Um, but trust me, you know, there's been plenty of sports where I just, I just never had the edge and I had to give it up. The, the modeling thing scares a lot of people, right? So most people who come to this are just like, like most of us, of us who are innately drawn to sports as kids, we're sports fans first, right? And then, you know, somehow you drift into, into sports betting. The modeling is something that would, I don't know if scare is the right word, but 90% of sports bettors would be like, okay, you've lost me right there in modeling. Could you say anything, Jack, that would ease those people's fears and say like, yeah, actually it's not that difficult. Yeah. You know, intimidating Gil, that's the word I think you were looking for because a lot of people are yeah. intimidated by modeling. They just think it's math beyond what they're capable of handling. Uh, you know, the, the funny thing is, is 
there are programs out there uh, that basically shorten that curve, that learning curve, when it comes to the heavy-duty data science math behind modeling. There's plenty of tools out there. So the, the example I give in my series, Making a Modeler, which is a blatant ripoff on the Netflix Making a Murderer series, um, but the blatant idea that I give is that modeling doesn't have to be intimidating. You, you know, you can use Microsoft Excel to create a model, and everyone has used Excel at some point in their life. So the idea of a spreadsheet shouldn't be that intimidating. I walked people through creating a Monte Carlo model in, in the first episode. I'm going to walk people through creating a web scraper in the second episode. And these are things that you can do without any programming experience. And what I like to do is I like to show you what it looks like when you're doing advanced stuff, you know, when you're, you're doing things in Python or R and advanced programming languages. Yeah, it's, it's intimidating. It's, there's a huge learning curve there. But then I show you what can be done in Excel very easily. Now, the stuff that I'm showing you isn't going to win. That's the added part that the, the user has to take and figure out how to make this win. So I'm showing you the basics. I'm giving you a fishing rod and showing you how to put bait on the hook. I'm not telling you how to fish, and I am telling you that you're going to need to learn to fish in order to sustain this and feed yourself going forward. I love it. Uh, Captain Jack Andrews, again, at CapJack2000 on Twitter. Uh, Jack, I'd leave you with this. Um, and again, nothing we, we talked about beforehand. But if you could sort of wave your magic wand here. So the pandemic, we get to the other side of it. Sports returns in some form in 2020 and hopefully – in the form that we've always known and love next year. Um, what's the biggest thing in sports betting in this industry that you would like to see happen? Or what do you think is the most significant thing that could happen? Uh, and I just sort of give it as a, as a open-ended answer. Is it for States, uh, to, you know, sort of come up, you know, to, to get legalized with sports betting more in the way that New Jersey did it than, say, some of the other examples we, we gave. Maybe it's something else uh, that we haven't mentioned here. What is the answer to that for you? Yeah, so that's a great question, Gil. I think definitely we need to see some states kind of step up and take a long-game approach to their sports betting industry, not just be the quick cash grab. Uh, they have to understand that you know they need to foster competitive industry because when you have competitive industry, it also fosters innovation. Right. These these sports books are going to need to innovate to stay ahead of each other. It's, it's a it's a model of capitalism. And what I want to see is that if we can foster the competition, we foster the innovation, we foster a better sports betting product for everyone going forward. Uh, the way that I'm going to be betting sports five years from now, I hope is nothing close to what I'm doing today. You know, it's 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 going to evolve there. Hopefully there's going to be things going on that are better and and more innovative than I can even imagine right now. And that's that's what I'd really like to see is that we take this evolutionary step forward when it comes to sports betting and it comes to sports betters to make a product that just really works for everyone and it, it increases the level of engagement. Uh, and then real quick, secondly, the thing I want to see, and this is a cautionary tale to the industry, uh, we're going to have a decrease in discretionary spending when we come out of this, yes. you know. We have 20% yes. unemployment. People have lost jobs. People aren't going to want to spend money frivolously. Uh, Vegas is going to have a hard time getting people back into casinos at the rate they used to. So we need to be able to say, okay, we need to appeal to the value consumer. We need to have mobile betting everywhere we can. 
Uh, and we need to make sure that people, when they spend their money, are spending it wisely and not and not frivolously when it comes to sports betting, because they value that money a little bit highly than they did before all this. And I and I just worry, Jack, and I'm sure you do too. Which sort of follows from that that unless and we said this even before legalization, unless they get it right, they meaning legalized sports jurisdictions in this country get it right in the sense that consumers and betters themselves win, uh, get the best of it, have a great experience, are treated fairly, both, uh, you know, mathematically and otherwise. Offshore is just, just is is just going to continue to thrive, isn't it? The very thing that you're seeking to get people away from, it's going to have the opposite effect. And and I just worry that the, the European model for lack of a better catchphrase or catch all term, you know, I'm just worried that that is going to maybe maybe I'm not worried. Maybe I don't care in the end, but maybe I'm just I just want to make the point that, you know, the more they behave the way they behave, um, offshore is not going anywhere, is it? No, that's right. You know, the legal onshore industry has the three C's in its advantage. They have uh, confidence, which they definitely have over the offshore industry based on the recreational consumer. They have a competitive advantage of having things be uh you know, uh, more competitive in the states that have competition and they have convenience. It's far easier to get money into a legal sports book than it is to get it offshore in most states. Uh, Nevada is getting there, but hopefully gets there soon. <laughs> but if, if the states can just focus on those three C's, they can do so much better. And, uh, you know, if they really want to squash the offshore industry, they could do it. But at the same time, and this is my last point, Gil, we need to find a way to get those offshore people into onshore jobs. They're the smartest people in the room, Gil. They are the people that know sports betting and booking sports bets the best, and we need to find a way to get them into the onshore industry. Jack, I can't thank you enough, man. Um, it's it, I've always wanted you on here. I'm glad you've made the time. Thank you so much. Uh, and you are, sir, a credit to the industry. You really are. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, Gil. It was a pleasure. At CapJack2000, Captain Jack Andrews, do check out his YouTube series, A Must. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 